You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network as we come to you today for another interview with an actor that appeared, or appeared, I should say, on one of our three shows, three main shows that we're covering here on the show at the moment, Lost Third Watch and Nip Tuck. Today it's a Lost actor, our first actor from Lost, actually. And a very esteemed actor to come on the program, MC Gainey, best known as his role as Tom Friendly on Lost. But uh, for many, he's uh, been in multiple movies and TV shows across the years. Some of which, of course, we talk about on this episode as well, outside of Lost, The Mighty Darks, Breakdown, Con Air, and uh, a very interesting film called The Country Bears. But Noah is uh, joining me in this one, and we talk a lot about his time on Lost, how he got cast, what he thought about the role, working with several of the actors on the show, and um, yeah, just a very fun, fun, fun interview here. Lots of good times to be had uh, as we chat here with MC. So sit back, relax, and enjoy our interview with MC Gainey. It is a massive pleasure to be able to welcome our next guest here to the Oz Network today, an esteemed actor who has appeared in multiple TV shows and movies. You know his face from so many things, but today we're going to be concentrating a little bit about his time on Lost, where he played the role of Mr. Friendly, a.k.a. Tom Friendly, of course, uh, throughout the course of the show's run. It's a massive pleasure to welcome Mr. MC Gainey to the program today. MC, welcome to the Oz Network. It's a massive pleasure to be talking to you, too. (laughs) From, I'm uh, sitting here high in Southern California, and you guys are way down on the other side of the world. I love yes. that. What day is it down there? It's Friday. We can officially say we're speaking to you from the future. So uh, do you want to know, like, the lotto numbers or anything like that while I'm here? Or, um, you know, the world still exists? <laughs> no. No, I guess if I get some scores on the NFL playoffs. Sure. Oh, no, that's, no I'm the other in the past, yeah. <laughs> we, can, we, can, we can look those up for you. But um, I mean, it's a pleasure to have you here, mate, because, I mean, look, if I was to sit here, I guess, and list all your roles and everything that you've been in, we would be here for quite some time. But, uh, I mean, obviously, we mentioned there, we're currently covering Lost from the beginning. We're, we're approaching the halfway point of the episodes, at least at the time of recording this. But um, you, obviously, quite prominent in that uh, show as, Mr. Tom Friendly. Uh, is this a role that I guess people still to this day will talk to you about, recognize you about? Because it was obviously a hugely popular show, Lost. It was an amazingly popular show uh, internationally. Uh, yeah, the people, I get uh, letters and people that want to talk about it from England and uh, now Australia. I actually <laughs> had a lot of mail from Australia during the day, back in the day. Uh, it's hands down the most popular thing I've ever been involved with. And it's fascinating. I think it's fascinating because we're basically talking about a project. We're talking about a story. And I couldn't explain to you at all what the ending means. (laughs) (laughs) I have no fucking idea. People always ask me, well, what did it mean? I'm told, well, it meant that I got to spend a lot of time in Hawaii working with some incredibly <laughs> talented people. But for me, the most interesting thing about it was it's the only time I've ever worked on anything that I did not know what the fuck I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> they never told me anything. They refused to tell me anything. And not just me. There were a lot of people that didn't have a clue what we were doing. And usually actors like to have some kind of safety net where you can make up a backstory for yourself and and you have some idea how you fit in i knew nothing from beginning to end 
over 19 episodes over, I think, four years, I did not have a clue what was going on. But at least you had Michael Emerson by your side during it all, so I guess that's all that really matters. (laughs) You're absolutely right about that, baby. You got Emerson with you, that's like having a (laughs) submachine gun under your raincoat when you're walking through town, you know? Yeah, and uh, he re- he didn't have a clue either. Now, at some point down the line, some of the stars of the show might have had an inclination as to where it was going and what it all meant. But I was clueless from day one to the very end and had a ball. I mean, I, I just learned to lean into it and, and you know, just do what – do what I just did what I felt like doing. And if they if it didn't work, they would tell me, no, you can't do that, you can't – no, no. You better not do that. And then I saw I would, you know, that's a great thing about working for a camera. You back up and take two. You do it a different way, and you only have to do it right once. Well, speaking of day one, can you tell us a little bit about uh, when you were cast on the show, uh, how that all kind of came about? And also, you were only in like about maybe, what, 30 seconds, a minute of the finale of season one, but it was so iconic, that kind of guest appearance at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, no, it was really bizarre. The, uh, I auditioned for this part, but it was not, the audition scene was never in the project. It was a <laughs> scene they just made up just to, to, for the audition. And so that didn't shine any light on what was going on. <laughs> and I, uh, 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 I went in the last episode, I shot one night, and I had no idea who I was, why I was doing what I was doing, why I wanted to take that little boy... <laughs> I had no idea why I did the things I did to the people. Why did I burn the raft? Why? I had no idea at all why. It was just my natural inclination is to be friendly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I've, I've murdered a lot of people and raped and robbed and stabbed and looted. And, you know, I mean, I've done a lot of perfidious bullshit. But I always like to feel like even the guys who are criminals, even career criminals, can be nice sometimes. They, they can seem like nice people. You know, so I was trying so, to be a nice guy, but all summer long, I had all my friends up uh, calling me and people I hadn't talked to in years calling me saying, MC, why did you kidnap that boy? <laughs> and I would have to tell them, I hope I'm not going to cook him on the barbecue and eat him. I hope that, uh, I hope that I'm not going to rape him. I have no idea why I kidnapped him, so don't ask me. After a few in- inquiries, I began to say, well, look at it like this. I rescued him from a burning raft. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> if it wasn't You're a hero, he would have gone down with the raft. Might not have made so, you-, so you talked about um, how you had no idea what was going on, and you appeared at the very end of the season. Uh, did you actually watch the show at the time? Because during that early days of season one, it was such a massive hit from the get-go. Yeah, it was a massive hit, but unfortunately, I don't watch a lot of television. Uh, so I uh, you just appear in I, them. I, I watch I watch movies more than anything else, and particularly old movies. Uh, so I really was not up to speed on it. In fact, I had no idea what a big hit it was until I told my manager the day of the audition. I had been working downtown in L.A. shooting a scene in a helicopter on top of a high-rise building all day. Hmm. And I got off mid afternoon, and I called my manager and said, "Listen, I'm tired. I'm tired as fuck." I feel I feel like ass. I just got to go home and lie down. She said, no, you have to go to this audition. It's important. You must go. I said, oh, all right, fuck, I'll go. So I did. Had no idea. And, uh, and so it all worked out to be a wonderful surprise. 
The wow. show I was shooting downtown on top of the building, by the way, was canceled within two weeks. On the air. <laughs> so it's good to listen to the agent at that point when basically it's like, okay, that, that audition advice kind of paid off for me there. Yeah, well, my attitude is if my manager and my agents don't know more about what's going on than I do, then I'm, they're fucking fired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm clueless, man. I'm, I'm having a good time enjoying myself, you know what I mean? So, so you've either had the same ones for a long time or you go through them quite quickly then? <laughs> I, I have had the same. I've had the same manager for quite a long time. Yeah, there you go. All but right. uh, yeah, so I really did not have any idea. I wasn't even sure whether or not you'd ever see me again mm. after that first episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, when they called and said come back, I was like, "Well, that's great." I, I have to be honest with you. When I heard the description of what this show was about, you know, these plane crashes on an island, I thought, "Fucking Gilligan's Island, man!" <laughs> you know, I mean, I remember. On Gilligan's Island, you know, I don't know if you ever saw it, the show down there. Did you guys see Gilligan's yeah, Island? Yeah. yeah, we had Gilligan's Island. Okay. The fucking Harlem Globetrotters were on the island <laughs> in one episode, and they got off. And all these fucking idiots were on the island, right? So I'm thinking, how is this going to work? What, am I going to be one of the Harlem Globetrotters here? But what the fuck? But I had no idea. I had no idea that the backstory was going to make it so interesting. You know, all, every week it's going to be another backstory, backstory, backstory. It's going to make it interesting. And it w- was fascinating. But, fuck, I didn't know. <laughs> I think we definitely could have used the Harlem Globetrotters in Lost. I think that was the only crazy there thing missing couple, from the I, show. There, yeah, there are a couple. That would have been an interesting uh, change of pace from some of the shit that they came up with on that show. I'll be honest with you. I've watched the show. Until the island moved. I don't want to say that you guys know that the island moves yes, at some point, yes, right? Yes, Okay. Once he, once he throws that lever and the fucking island moves, I was, I was like, get out of here. I'm not, I'm not going to figure this shit out. It's beyond me. Like a jitterbug. It's beyond me. You know what I'm saying? Well, MC, I've seen the show seven times through, and I'm still trying to figure out half the stuff on there. So you're in the same boat here. I know. Well, if you ever figure it out, keep it to yourself because <laughs> yes. I, I've got it all worked out very neatly, and it all goes back to me rescuing that boy on that burning ramp. <laughs> <laughs> so, so with like obviously you say you guys you are cracking me up, man. <laughs> this is what we're paid to do, I believe. Yeah, so, um, so, you know, so, uh, so let's let's move on in the story. Yes. So we come to the second season. Yes. Right. Yes. And. Uh, uh, and, and now I'm the barefooted guy. Uh, they wanted me to be barefooted all the time. I hated that. I'm, I, I got very tender feet. I had to be barefooted all the time in ragged clothes. They put this big fake beard on me. I'm like, what the fuck is this, man? And, I, and I'm filthy dirty all the time. And uh, so we're, we're rolling along and we're capturing them and we're doing all this bullshit. And now we get to the third season. And the first episode in the third season, I'm trying to get – the lovely Angeline uh, Lily, and, 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 and I'm sorry, what? Evangeline, I'm mispronouncing. Evangeline, Evangeline, there. Just making her- sure you say her name no. right. Or- <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's here. She, she always hangs out when we do a podcast. Thought so. Put your Thought top so. back on, Doc. Okay, so, so so I'm trying to get her to. T- <laughs> Yeah. I'm trying to get her to take a shower. I'm not here, but I mean in the show. Right. right. Okay. Good. To clarify to- that. <laughs> she says to me. Uh, uh, I'm not going to do it in front of you. And my line was, you're not my type. You're not my type. So I looked at that. I'm reading that script. I looked at that and I said, you know what? If she's not my type, then uh, Sawyer Sawyer must be. (laughs) 
so I decided, I decided in that moment that Tom was gay. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I never told anybody. And I kept waiting for some opportunity to manifest that behavior in some way. Mm-hmm. So it was like my secret. And I felt really good that I had a fucking secret, too, right? Because they had all the secrets. They knew the story. They, you know, I mean, literally, if we're sitting around the campfire, and when we had Ben's little girl, which she's a little girl there, and I walked by and I would pat her on the head like you would a kid, and they said, no, you, you better not do that. I'm like, okay, uh, fine. All right, well, I, they have some reason, so I won't do it. So they had all the secrets. So my secret was Tom Friendly is gay. Okay, so now, but I never got a chance to really do anything about it, except that whenever I'm talking to Sawyer, I'm really, we're getting significant eye contact. He didn't notice. <laughs> he, I mean, yeah, I guess everybody looked him in the eye, you know what I'm saying? I'm the kind of guy, people don't look me in the eye that much. You know, when they're talking to me, <laughs> they can look the other way, that's okay with them, you know? <laughs> but he was used to that. So, so I thought maybe Jack. Okay, so, I, you know, now I'm Jack's buddy, and... And he's having his surgery and all this shit, and I'm like, I'm like the widow standing up there grieving. I can't even look at this shit, man, because it makes me laugh so hard. I'm standing there, oh my god, this surgery, oh my god, and uh, and so we we some point down the road, there uh, every year they have a, a, a celebration, they have a party here where the writers who have been nominated for for uh, Emmys. They get together and they have a party for them and they present them with certificates of nomination. Not the Emmy itself, just a, here's a thing saying you've been nominated. Mm-hmm. So they're having this big party at the Friars Club in Beverly Hills. And uh, uh, they like to have somebody from the cast be there to present the certificate to each one. So the producers asked me if I would. I was probably the only one who was in L.A. Mm-hmm. Right, so they, that's why they asked me. So I said, well, sure, I'll, I'll introduce the writers and present them the thing. So we get there, and it's the writers from everything, from Two and a Half Men, from The Daily Show, John Stewart. It's all these writers. All the writing staffs are there in this big party. And by the way, the party's sponsored by a vodka company, too. Nice. So so everything's kind of loose. They're having a good time. And so uh, I got up and made my little speech about how none of you fuckers know who I am. I'm an actor. You don't even know my name. But I, I've been doing this shit for 30 years. And I ride into town in the sh- on the stage and I shoot the sheriff. And I leave town and nobody knows why. And yada, yada, all this bullshit. And so we get through and we're having some drinks with the producers. And they start talking about this scene that we'd just been on like a week before that. When Jack and I are throwing a football. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they said, they asked me, they said, uh, MC, you played football. I said, yes, I did, yeah, on different levels, uh, high school, college, in the Army. I, I played football, played a lot of football. So well, why can't you throw the ball any better than that? <laughs> I said, I can't. But Tom is gay. He doesn't know how to play football. And they sat there and looked at me like Mount Rushmore. This is a statue of American presidents, by the way. They're just sitting there looking at me, they're like, He's gay? So I went back to that line of dialogue they gave me two years before. And they fucking fell on the floor laughing, right? We all had a great laugh about MC's secret. Nobody knew that was MC's secret. (laughs) A week later, I get a script. And it's now a flashback where I'm back in New York Mm -hmm. with my boyfriend in a hotel room. (laughs) So it's all your idea. So you basically, that scene that everybody knows from a lot, that was your idea. For me, it was like winning the fucking Emmy and the Oscar <laughs> rolled into one. 
I Did you get a riding credit? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I should. I should have. Right now in real life, they can't find that Malaysian airplane. Right, and right now in real life, they still can't find that Malaysian fucking airplane. Right, so <laughs> that, which is what my whole story was about. But when we were getting ready to shoot it, they'd hired this very handsome young man, a kind of inexperienced actor in Hawaii, but very good looking, to play my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. So we're waiting to shoot this scene, and he says, he introduces himself, and he says, now how long do you think we've been a couple? I said, yo, pal, look at you, and then look at me. I live on a fucking island someplace, where I don't even know where the fuck it is. We're not a couple. This is a cash transaction, you get it? He goes, oh. You mean, I'm like, oh, he was so excited by that. And he, he was excited, so fuck, I was excited. So, uh, yeah, so we we made, we had our little scene, and then everybody went, oh, Tom Friendly's really friendly. He's like, yeah. And for me, that was like, okay, you know, I, I don't know. I only did one scene, that one episode after that, and it was the episode they killed me. Is there a connection here? I certainly hope not. <laughs> Well, you were, I think, pretty much the only my- gay character on Lost. So, I mean, maybe they just couldn't handle that. <laughs> if, if, if there's any more there, they didn't come out of the bushes. You yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> and Sawyer did get to shoot me. They let Sawyer kill me. So yeah. the last thing I saw before I started assuming room temperature was Sawyer's blue eyes looking at me with a smoking <laughs> pistol in hand. I, it was kind of sexy now that I think about it. Right. And also, uh, they had Har- Harold Perrineau was there. Michael was watching you with your boyfriend there, and he got killed off a few weeks later as well. So <laughs> there might be a connection <laughs> here. They always tell me it's dangerous being gay. It's, it's dangerous, man. It's terrible thing can happen to you. I don't fucking know. But I do know that if it was very satisfying to me that I actually can take credit for one fucking thing out of 19 episodes. I can only take credit for one fucking thing. And it, was, it is the fact that Tom was gay as a goose. <laughs> um, I, I feel like I need to ask you, do, who's the brain stress there in the background? Who's giving you all these things to make you sure that you're remembering everything here from Lost? That's my beautiful wife who's in charge of rolling my joints and making sure that I can remember some of the pertinent facts that have happened to me in the last 30 years. <laughs> And saying she loves Lee Whannell. I did a movie a few years ago with Lee Whannell. He acted in it. You mm-hmm. know, I assume who Lee Whannell is because you all you Australians know each other, don't you, mate? Yeah, we're all we're all basically besties. We all basically just hang out in bars. You know, I mean, Hugh Jackman was just over here five minutes before I hit record. So I'll pass on a good day to you next That's time I my- see him. That's my fantasy of Australia. I can't wait someday to get there. Is that you fucking go from bar to bar and you see the same people and they all have a good time. Like Mardi Gras in New Orleans. You know? Yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah exactly. Well, Lee Winnell, my wife loves Lee Winnell. Right. Lee is such a great fucking guy. We, he acted in a movie that you've, nobody's ever seen uh, called The Pardon. It's about the first woman who was ever hanged uh, in in America for a crime. She was... Uh, no, in the Louisiana. Anyway, he played a lot. But Lee Winnell is so much fucking fun. He had just written Saw. He wasn't famous and rich yet. And uh, uh, <laughs> and he, he, he really hated that people kept saying, well, if you'd been in Hollywood in the 70s, man, things were so much better in the 70s. <laughs> yeah, guys, you should have been here in the 70s. He fucking hated that. So I love fucking with him. We call him up and say, man, it's like the 70s around here now. It's so good. But, uh, yeah, so that's my wife, Kim. 
and my the the loves Lee Winnell, and she, yeah, she's in the background telling me, reminding me of uh, who I am. I just I just love that. I love the <laughs> fact that you kind of got this person there. I feel, I feel like I need someone like that. No one needs someone like that. You know, we we often forget things sometimes. We just rely on Wikipedia, yeah. but uh, you know. <laughs> oh oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'll be I will be uh, I'll be seventy years old next week, and I've been smoking pots every day since nineteen sixty two. Wow! So I, I need a little help. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's legal now in well, California, happy so it must be much well. more fun. Uh, I, it's legal. I, it's legal, but I'm going to smoke it anyway. Yeah, <laughs> that means nothing to you. You were doing it. Yeah, fuck it. Like whatever. Uh, that's also happy done, birthday I've for done, next week. I've done about four different. Yeah, I've done about four different movies with Willie Nelson too. So uh, yeah, you know what I'm saying. As, that sounds dangerous. As I told the as I told the customs people when they were searching my bag the last time I went to Canada, I've done four movies with Willie Nelson. I, the dog sat down next to me because I probably smell like pot. To him. <laughs> oh. Maybe maybe that had to be Tom's other secret is that he was a bit of a pothead as well. So that's why he was in New York, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, that would that should have been his secret. Yeah, absolutely. He's uh, he's so stoned he can't remember when he was in New York. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, one, one secret's enough. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you um, have a, a favorite storyline kind of with, with uh, Tom, sort of what you were doing? I mean, was that your favorite, basically, because you were able to plant the seeds that he's gay and they got to put that scene in there? Or was there any other sort of other ones that you, you really did enjoy with playing the character? Yeah, no, the most fun of all of the entire project was uh, the uh, light em up scene. Mm. Light oh, em yeah, up. we love that. Because that's where I got to be the friendliest I was ever going to be. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's something wonderful about being in the jungle set was on a soundstage in Honolulu. It wasn't even outside, but it looked so real. And it, to be able to give a command and have all those torches light up in the jungle around and look at the faces on the, on the, on the, the, the stars of the show as they're looking around realizing, holy shit, whoever they are, there's a lot of them out there and they all have torches. <laughs> So uh, yeah, it was uh, that was that was my favorite scene. But mostly, mostly the fun of it all for me was just being in Hawaii and hanging out with the people on the show. I mean, they were fucking great, great people to be with. And every week there would be a little party at somebody's house to watch the show. And uh, you know, it was just it was a lot of fun. And and uh, and you know, it's just a great great feeling. You know, I've done so many I've done so many TV shows where you go in. The stars don't really talk to you that much. You're there for a few days or a week or so. You do your thing, you leave, and that's it. But we, we were all much closer to each other. And working on an island in Hawaii is is special, man. It really is special. I can imagine. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to work with some amazing people on the show, like Emerson, uh, Harold Perrineau, Matthew Fox, Holloway, Evangeline Lilly. Uh, do you still stay in contact with any of these other lost actors or... Is there any you'd love to work with again in any projects, or uh, yeah, or is it kind of I, like you film the show you know, and then that's kind of it? I I don't think I've worked with any of them again. Uh, no. I would love to. I mean, I'm, off the top of my head, I can't remember. Since then, I can't. But uh, I would love to because they were just a splendid group of people, and they part of the thing that made it really special is other than Terry Quinn. Uh, the rest of them were pretty much, uh, and and uh, Matt, uh, the rest of them were pretty much new to it. They were they were all caught up in the oh my god, we're doing this show and the whole world is watching, and it's a it's a really powerful thing, you know. 
good and bad. I mean, it cuts both ways. We had uh, somebody on the cast got a, a DUI one night because there was this asshole cop in Honolulu who would camp out on this highway, one highway, looking for people coming out of that bar. And she got stopped and got a DUI, and it was in every fucking newspaper in the world. Mm. Mm -hmm. You know? So that was the downside. Well, for me, <laughs> for me, that, uh, that took on, uh, as often happens to me, sort of comical uh, inclinations. I'll give you another reason I love my wife so much. Uh, one of the, one of the uh, things that, uh, that I like to do is collect souvenirs from shows. And all the people in the cast did, and the best souvenir, the, the, there were a lot of them. You know, I had the, the, uh, the meat in a bag in the package, the, the sausage in a package with the Dharma Initiative thing on it, all kinds of shit with Dharma, cans of corn with Dharma Initiative on it. But the main thing was the Virgin Mary statues with the heroin in it. Oh, wow. Oh, nice. That was the prime thing. So I guess it was the third season, maybe, I was on, and I said, you know, I've got, I told the prop guy, I said, I've got to have one of those, uh, hmm. because I, I always want to remember this. And he said, yeah, he said, you want the plastic or the, pour, or the uh, pottery, uh, clay? And I said, well, uh, mm, uh, give me one of each. Oh, oh, sure. So I kept it on my desk at the hotel, and, uh, and I, was, I flew back and forth a lot on this. If I wasn't in an episode, I came back to L.A. I mentioned I have a beautiful young wife. And uh, so I was getting ready to go to the airport, and I had these two Virgin Marys there, and I picked them up, and I, I, was, I didn't want to put them in my, my suitcase because sometimes they lose your suitcases. So I thought, well, I'll just put them in my briefcase and carry them on the plane with me. And as I'm about to leave the room, the thought occurred to me, wait a minute, maybe you should shake one of these things. <laughs> so I picked one of them up and I shook it. Sure enough, there was a bag of prop heroin inside that fucking bag. And I was about to go to the airport and run it through the fucking x-ray machine. Which, which would have gone around the world. Here's the way it would have played out. The first headline would have been lost actor busted for smuggling heroin and pot because I had an ounce of pot in front of my head. And so that, that would have gone around the world. And then two days later, it would have been idiot from Lost Cast is arrested for having propped heroin in his bag. But fortunately, my guardian angel whispered in my ear and said, shake the Virgin Mary. And I'm telling you now. That's good advice no matter where you are, what you're doing, <laughs> fellas. Always shake, shake the Virgin Mary. Shake the Virgin Mary. Hashtag shake the Virgin Mary uh, after this one. Um, that's <laughs> and, of course, my wife, my wife, when I called her, I called her, I said, oh, my God, I told her this story. She said, well, you got to find some way to bring those bags home. They'll make great souvenirs. I said, yeah, how about I put them in my sock, honey? Yeah. <laughs> put them up inside. You make them do a cavity search. Add, to add some fun to it. Exactly. I'll just slip this between my cheeks and waddle on through. Oh, you see, sir, they're prop heroin. It's not really prop. That's why I'm hiding it in my anus. Yeah, I'm a method no, actor. I'm getting into a role for an upcoming movie. Exactly. It's called Strip Search 3. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. did you test it? Are you sure it was prop heroin? Did you give it a little No, I threw it. I, I, I threw it away at the airport, just like OJ did with that bag. When he got the airport, I threw it away at the airport. No, no, no. But I still have, I still have the Virgin Mary sitting there smiling at me, and she's like, "Ah, oh, just constantly." One of them vanished. Yeah, one of them actually did vanish. Somebody, somebody at a party stole one of them, but I still have, 
I still have my favorite one. But uh, yeah, the the, uh, the the possibilities for worldwide fame were enormous on that show, and uh, I'm glad that I'm not remembered as that particular idiot. I'm a different idiot, but I'm not that guy. Well, you, you mentioned the fan base, and you obviously mentioned the letters and everything that you get. But what was it like at the peak? I mean, like, the Lost fan base is so you know rabid and just like just incredible in terms of we think we're knowledgeable. We we know nothing compared to some of these super fans out there. But I mean, how, what are the sort of questions that people would ask you? You say you didn't know anything, so I could imagine it must be frustrating. Where everyone's like, "What's the polar bear? What's the fish biscuit? What's this? What's that?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know what? Uh, that's absolutely true. And I, but fortunately, I didn't get a lot of those questions. Uh, the fans were very sweet, and mostly they just wanted autograph pictures. And a lot of them would send me pictures mm. that they got off the internet or where I don't know wherever, and I would sign them and send them back to them. But uh, some of them would say, "Please, if you could tell me uh, where's the polar bear when when you're back in L.A." And st- questions like that that are just so stupid that they're so sweet. You know, I was like, oh, the bear, yeah, he's, a, he's staying in my hotel room in Honolulu while I'm gone, and he's fine. He, uh, you know, but, but most of them just wanted pictures, but I was really touched, and, and have since then, I've gone, I've gone to Europe and, and done autograph shows, and, and uh, the fans, once they see you in person, they're really likely to start asking questions about what did this mean and what did that mean. And I just want to tell you right away, I'm really pleased that you guys haven't asked me any of those questions because you can fucking tell right away, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what any fucking thing uh, I, I know that they told me several times we've got it all worked out. We know exactly where it's going. The writers, I mean, the producers, we know everything. They're all on three-by-five cards in a room somewhere. I'm like, yeah, okay, sure they are. <laughs> and uh, uh, But what as far as what anything meant, I can't help them. I, I can't. I mean, I usually ask the fans to explain it to me, and I've heard a lot of really interesting interpretations of what happened. And some of them might even be right. I don't know. The Ark of a and the Ark of a Rainbow is 42 degrees. So there the fuck you go, you know? <laughs> That's very solid advice. <laughs> Glad we figured that one out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Write that one so, down. Uh, 42, is, 42 is a number that is a very powerful number. It's a, it's a Douglas Adams, uh, meaning of yeah, life. What was the, the meaning of life? The answer to life, the universe, and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, the fans. I, see, you also have to realize that fan mail for me was a shock because <laughs> the kind of play, the characters I play don't usually get fucking fan mail. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if somebody wrote me a letter saying, "Yeah, I saw you in the breakdown when you were trying to murder Kurt Russell," or or uh, I saw you in the haunted high when you came back to kill all the kids at the school when you were a ghost and. And you know, I saw you rape uh, Richard Crenna in The Rape of Richard Beck. And, and I just want to know, no, I don't get those letters. And then all of a sudden, I'm getting every week, my manager's calling saying, well, you got another sack of letters over here. I'm like, holy shit. It was, uh, it was very, very heartwarming to me that there are still people out there in the world who write letters to people and, you know, and, and do that. I think that's fantastic. I wrote a letter to Roy Rogers when I was a kid. He's a cowboy star. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know whether you guys know all this shit about America or why. Oh, you should. He's a cowboy star. I wrote him a letter. I didn't get any fucking answer. I'm still waiting for an answer from that fuck. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe the show. Uh, all these He's a lost- big listener. You get one of them next week. Birthday card. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Just send me a birthday card, fellas. Absolutely. <laughs> oh my! Hey, now I want to know something. You guys, now you guys are in radio, right? Yes, Order yes. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I hate to, yeah. 
do I have a really good friend in Australia who's an old running mate of mine from the Hollywood nightlife years uh, named Peter Rubenstein. He has a company called Media Heads. You guys know about this? Can't, can't say I'm familiar with it. Can't no. say it comes to mind, no. Uh, he's been down there for years. He's got a big uh, thing. They used to do radio interviews that were part of the publicity for movies. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not sure what he does now, but he's a big shot. You Google him. He's a big shot uh, in Australia. But uh, I just wondered whether or not you knew him. He's a, he's a fucking maniac. I'll tell you, he's a funny guy. But, uh, yeah, no. I, I mean, I, I, re- I see now all you Australians don't know each other. Sam well, Neal told me shit. <laughs> I worked with Sam. And Sam said, oh, man, all the Aussies, they all know each other. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, Sam's our best friend. Yeah, so I'm Sam's glad, coming I'm to glad you met our good friend Sam. <laughs> yeah, I love Sam. Sam is a fucking beauty. He's a beautiful guy, even if he is a Kiwi. Yes. He's a fucking beautiful guy. <laughs> He's That's one of the, the many New Zealanders that in Australia we like to claim our own. I mean, you know, Russell Crowe's not technically Australian, but yeah. we don't give a shit because New Zealand can't have him. We do. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. No, and, and he's worth having because he's a rowdy motherfucker. And uh, well, I never have had the opportunity to work with him. But one of my best friends is a guy named Kevin Duran, and mm-hmm. he is a good friend of uh, of. Ke- of uh, Russell Crowe's and Russell's put him in like five different movies he was in and he's in Fringe now he has been for years a great fucking actor Kevin Durant he was on Lost too now there's somebody there's the thank you thank you we got back around to it he was on Lost you know who he is then yeah uh, Martin Kimi uh, the mercenary holy shit you know the character you guys <laughs> I'm telling you, where were you when I was doing this fucking show, man? I needed you. To- <laughs> we need to be your your Kim. In no, the no one knows more than I do, MC. I just thought you said Kevin Durant, and I'm like, oh, you hang around with basketball players too, but I got the wrong one. So, <laughs> yeah, no, that's yeah, no, he's he's the other one. No, Kevin Durant is the one that's fun. Kevin Durant, nah, not so much. Fun. <laughs> oh, he's great. Uh, well, you know he's- who. Amazing in loss, though. Yeah. He was great. You know, uh, somebody I am in touch with from time to time is Jorge. Ah, no, one, no. A, a, prince, a prince among men, and uh, uh, he's like myself. He's also vegan, and right. uh, so uh, we're, we're, I'm hoping I'm hoping I can talk him into doing a a, a vegan television show of uh, a couple of fat guys from Lost going around eating <laughs> vegan food. But uh, I would watch the hell out of that show. <laughs> That'd be pretty good, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't say, don't tell anybody because I haven't had a chance to talk to him about it yet. I hope no. he's not listening. No, hey, no, 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 no one heard that. I heard nothing. You I didn't hear a thing. <laughs> yeah, but there's, well, you know, you got to work really hard to find anybody in this business nicer than Ore. I mean, oh, that's a fucking, that guy, which, which came across, I thought, in gang, like gangbusters in the show. You know what I mean? It's like I have a theory that when you do a TV series for more than two or three years, whoever you really are is going to start to kind of come through. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, it's like you know, Jack Lord is one of the legendary assholes in this business. I think that came through in the later years of Life <laughs> But uh, Jorge, man, what a sweetheart. A real prince among men. Yeah, he's amazing in the show as well. Um so, in Lost, a lot of these actors seem to always come back after their death, um, and a lot of them in the last season seem to come back. To, were there an, ever any talks for you to come back in that final season for, like, a guest appearance? Because I feel like we were really well, they, missing it. They, they promised me I was coming back, but I'm still waiting for them to call. <laughs> I mean, I think they'll, they'll call me. Well, they must be in, like, season... 12 by now, yeah, aren't they? Much. Season 13 or something? Yeah. Oh, they might yeah, get I'm you in sure. Lost too. 
<laughs> if they don't call me pretty soon, I can tell you I'll be coming back on a walker. All right? Did I mention I'm going to be 70 fucking years old? We don't believe you know, it. We don't believe it, MC. Are you kidding me? I was gay, and they killed me. I ain't coming back. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I actually segued immediately from the end of, from, from uh, before I assumed room temperature on that island, I was working on Justified, which I would think oh, you guys yeah. have seen. I don't know. Yeah. yeah so I went right to work on Justified as, the, as this uh, hillbilly crime boss in season one. So even if they called me back, I, I wouldn't have been able to go back because I was busy shooting, stabbing, raping, and looting a bunch of hillbillies, <laughs> right? So, uh, <laughs> but I was not gay. Damn it. Damn uh, I mean, Bo Timothy, Tim, Timothy Oliphant, he's a handsome guy. Oh. Yeah, he's, he's not a bad-looking guy. It must be really tough. I don't know what you guys look like, but I wish I was Skyping so I could see what you guys look uh, like. We're, we're one very attractive. Um, think Hugh Jackman, Chris Hemsworth, and Sam Neill put in a blender, and that's both what no one <laughs> look like. <laughs> Mr. Friendly would be uh, all over okay. us. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> God, you guys, you must, you must be worse than I even thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I, you know, it's 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 an Australian thing. We're all very attractive people, so you know that's that's why whenever we come yeah, to America, you, you just you know, women and men swoon all over us. It's not really the accent; we're just hot. So, uh, <laughs> indeed, indeed. I, you believe me? Believe me. There are a lot of a lot of us Americans who understand you completely. Yeah. Trust me when <laughs> I tell you, we understand you completely. Yes. When we come to pronouncing some words, OMC, believe me, I've been there enough times to realise there's a look that Americans give me when I say a word and like, what, what do you mean, sir? And it's like, I'm speaking the same well, and, language, and I'm just saying it differently. Is there, spe- is there a specific word? Because I, I always love it when you guys say hang on instead of hold on. Americans say hold on now, hold on. Now. You guys say hang on, hang on. Hang I on. fucking love that, man. Hang on. Hang on. There's plenty. I mean, one of the funniest ones, I was in uh, Nashville and I was going to a hockey game with some friends and I wanted to pay for them. I wanted to thank them for letting me stay with them. So a terminology here in Australia, you'd say, I will shout you to a game. So I said like, oh, I'll take you to a game. It's my shout. And they looked at me dumbfounded like, it's a what? Like who's shouting at who? And I'm like, no, no, no. Like I will pay for you. It's my treat. I'm like, oh, I didn't get that. (laughs) <laughs> like it's just, just yeah. well you faces. did you did say they were in nashville oh, and okay. some knuckle dragging in, ignorant fucks in nashville now <laughs> yeah good, my good sister point. Lives there, but my sister's not listening to this fucking podcast i can say she's 90 years old yeah no they, they do have some ignorant fucks in tennessee so i can understand how they'd have a trouble on it i have to ask it see i mean um, outside of Lost, again, you've been in so many things. Um, the one you mentioned, Breakdown. I literally watched that movie a couple of weeks ago. I love Breakdown. But the one that I always forget that you're in, that I realize that you're in, is the Mighty Ducks. The the very first Mighty Ducks movie. You're the limo driver, oh. right? That, 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 yeah. I, what a movie! Indeed, my childhood. Indeed, <laughs> you were just mentioning hockey. Yeah, that's my hockey experience because I grew up down south in America in in, the, in a Mississippi. And it never, it never snowed. We never fucking played hockey. Never saw hockey. Don't know shit about hockey. <laughs> I got this fucking hockey movie, and they had nothing for me to do. I should have been out of there after about two weeks. <laughs> but the kids were growing so fucking fast, they kept me around to stand next to the kids to make them look smaller. <laughs> so, I mean, I had nothing to do. I had nothing to do but stand around and watch them. Fucking, I was pouring, pouring out of my fucking mind watching kids play hockey. The funny <laughs> thing about it is some of them now are grown up, and they're, 
They they once in a while I'll run into one of them and they'll go MC how are you and I'm like who the fuck are you <laughs> did you do craft service on here with me no no it's um it's Johnny I was a little Johnny on uh, oh you grew up yeah I'm supposed to fucking recognize you now oh yeah no yeah Mighty Ducks I've done a lot of strangely enough I've done a lot of strange Disney stuff on Mighty Ducks the Country Bears oh my God. <laughs> you ever seen? You guys ever seen the movie The Country Bears? Can't say. It's... Can't say I've seen The Country no. Bears. No. <laughs> I'll put it on my Netflix Please, list. Put it on your list. Put it on your list. Okay. I'm just writing that down. The Country Bears. All right. Country Bears. And if you if you can find your way clear to smoke a little ganja and watch it late at night, you will fucking lay. You'll hurt yourself laughing at this fucking movie. Oh, that's what. <laughs> yeah. The Bears. Priority the number bears, one. You know, it was a. It's an, a ride. It's an amusement ride from Disneyland. And they made it into cartoons back in the 50s and 60s. And then we did this this action movie, but not an animated film. But they're all in bear suits. They're like a band. They're country bears. They're a country <laughs> band. And they're all bears. And, you are selling this movie so like, well right now. Oh, <laughs> oh man. And, I, and, and so I'm the roadie for the band. And I'm a person. So I'm a person that's working with the band, with a band of bears, and they all have they all have people problems. So I tried to turn myself into a bear. Yeah, I got, I've got my costume. I got I got these boots. The guy from the guy from Green Mile, the big black actor. He's gone now. God oh, rest, um, blanking on his name. Yeah, um, wonderful guy. These, these boots. Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah, these boots were some boots. Yes, Michael Clark Duncan had worn these boots in the in the Green Mile, and I got them to wear for my costume, so I couldn't wash. Shuffled, I had to shuffle everywhere I'm going because they were like size 18 boots. I'm shuffling around, but they made a wig, a six thousand dollar wig, that hung down the middle of my back, and I was stoned out of my fucking mind. And I, I tried to be a bear, and they all try to be people. It's a it's a lot of fun. It's a fun fun uh, fun watch under the right conditions. We're, we're recapping that but movie that, next week on the Oz Network. <laughs> yeah, screw, screw lost. We but, want know, the country bears. <laughs> yeah, the triumph of my career, though I have to be honest with you, the triumph of my career is Con Air. Yeah, yep. because oh, yeah. in Con, in Con Air, everybody was trying to be so fucking badass. I mean, they're, they're, they got rapists, they got cannibals, they got kidnappers, they got racists, they got everybody. And uh, I, I got there, and, and I wasn't getting any overtime for that movie. It was what they call a buyout, where they're just going to pay you one thing. And, and I didn't want to spend three hours a day in the makeup chair getting giant tattoos and swastikas and shit painted all over me. So I decided to just get a marijuana leaf on the back of my hand, and that gave me the clue. I decided as a tribute to Donald Sutherland in a movie he did called Kelly's Heroes, where he plays this fucking goofball, oddball tanker. I decided I'd be the one guy who wasn't dangerous. I'd be the guy who's laughing his fucking head off because he gets to fly again. His whole <laughs> life, all he's done is fly, fly. He flew, he flew in the military, flew in the oil fields. He smuggled pot, he smuggled cocaine, fly, and he's going to fucking fly again. So I had a ball all the way through that movie. And, uh, uh, and whenever they would be having a gun battle or something... I tell the director, uh, you know, Swamp Thing would be on. He'd be on the plane, you know, and they'd say, "Oh yeah, you can go back to the hotel." <laughs> I'd go back to the hotel and lay out by the pool drinking margaritas while these fuckers all shot at each other down in the in the in the desert. 
And uh, my friends kept telling me on this, they said, man, you're not even going to be in this movie. You're always in I said, have you ever seen a movie on a plane? Trust me, I'll be in the fucking movie, okay? Because <laughs> if they don't keep cutting to me, you forget, you think they're on a train or they're in a truck or something. You don't keep cutting. So that's my, that's my crowning glory is that I was able to avoid any unpleasantness, no hostilities, no violence, no gunfire at all. And I survived the fucking movie. I did not <laughs> yes. die. So they, so you went gay in that one, so you survived. Wait for, yeah. Connor too. Bring it on, baby. Yes. I, I want, I want uh, you to go back and be gay with Nicolas Cage. I'd watch that movie. I mean, come on. I want Nicolas Cage to be Nicolas Cage whilst you're all gay together. That would be like the greatest movie ever. Put in some bears in there. It can be like Country Bears <laughs> 2, Nicolas and MC get gay with each <laughs> other or something. Gay. <laughs> yeah, Country Bears are all on a plane. They're being taken to a top security <laughs> zoo. And uh, I'm flying the plane and Nick and I are a couple. Oh, no, listen, look, fellas, seriously. This is Mel, This is kind of... It's starting to smell like a tent pole, man. This is yeah, we're getting screams like Disney. Disney. It screams Disney all over it. <laughs> this is like a... Oh, my God. It does. Yeah. Nothing screams family entertainment like a couple of gay convicts with a plane load of bears. <laughs> actually, actually you know, I don't even know. That might, actually be, that might actually be something. So yes. like, <laughs> Look, you can take it. We'll give that one to you for free. There you go. That's a new Netflix original. Thanks, buddy. No, no, no. I insist on paying you. I insist on paying you. I'm going to come down and stay at your house for a couple of weeks. Deal, nice. deal. And I want a small, I want a small hey, walk-on honey, part. There you go. Tom Friendly's coming down to visit us, hon. Yes. we in a good supply, of, good supply of chocolate cake and ganja. So... Of course, uh, another notable one, uh, and speaking of Australia, is uh, Tarantino's Django Unchained. Uh, you were kind of hanging around with Austra- a few Australians there, weren't you? Yeah, uh, yeah. That that's a that's a heavy piece of business right there, man. That's a heavy piece of business. Um, it's a strange thing, you know. When I, I I went in to read for that, and Quentin said, "Oh, you don't have to read for this." So I wrote this with you in mind. I'm like, "Oh, what the fuck?" Oh, nice. I didn't believe it. <laughs> How the fuck is this guy supposed to know who the fuck I am, right? <laughs> and he said, no, I, in that movie, you said, uh, Club Dread. He's in the movie Club Dread. I love the speech you did where you're talking about getting in a knife fight with drug lords in the jungle and walking five kilometers holding your guts in. I'm like, holy shit, he, he really does know me. So I said, well, I only need one prop in this. And he said, yeah, I know, a whip. I said, no, that's 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 costume. That's not a prop. I need a Bible. And he got it right away that I wanted to play the guy as not just beating his slaves because that was his job, but doing it because God told him to. He found <laughs> it in the fucking Bible, right? He found yeah. it in the Bible. So, uh, you know, it made it a little easier to deal with. But, uh, you know, that was a tough character to carry around. Tom Friendly, piece of cake. Carry him any day of the week. He's, uh, he was having fun. But uh, Big Jim, Big Jack, Big, what is it? I forget what the character's name is. Big John, whatever. He was a tough character to have to live with uh, for a while, yeah. Mm. And and working with and Quentin. we were shooting on a real plantation. Yeah, working with Quentin is a fucking dream. I mean, he has he spends more time making his crew happy than any director I've ever seen. He actually has a guy whose job is to play music. He's got a little trailer with all this music stuff in it. Uh, he plays music so that when the crew's moving the gear all around and doing the unpleasant part. The fucking music's rocking, man. They got, you know, they're listening. They're having a great time. The craft service is off the fucking hook. All the snacks in the world. And, uh, you know, he laughs all the time. He makes it really fun. 
and you can make uh, something fun when you're stay, you're shooting in slave quarters. Honest <laughs> to God, slave quarters, not reconstructions, but real slave quarters on a real plantation. You can lighten that shit up. You've done something. And uh, he's his people work with him over and over and over again because he is truly a fucking dream to work with. Great fucking guy to work with. And a lot of fun to shoot with, man. with now. He's a really smart guy. I knew that he knew a lot of shit about movies, but he, he knows a lot of shit about a lot of shit. A really, really cool guy. I had a good time with him. That's incredible. Was he a Country Bears fan? <laughs> you know what? I'll tell you something. I did a I did a Disney movie. Now this is true. I did a Disney movie the same year we were doing that called Tangled. It's ah, an animated yes. oh, film yeah. about uh, right. And I'm the voice of the captain of the guard. And mm-hmm. I so I got there. He said, "I'll tell you something. I actually voted for Tangled, one of the ten best pictures of the year, on my Academy ballot." And wow. I said, "Quentin, are you serious?" He said, "Yeah, I've seen it three times." So he didn't see the, he didn't say anything about the country bears, but I'm sure he's seen it. But I guarantee you, if we put a machine gun in one of those bears' hands, he'll fucking know about it then. Well, I'm thinking I'm thinking the Quentin Tarantino remake of the Country Bears should happen. Um, like that would be oh, interesting. Man. Dude, seriously, seriously, there are going to be people out there on the internet that hear that and they're going to start talking about it. And and uh, you know, I, when Quentin said I, I wrote this for you, I said, well, I hope I get to play the part because. That, Every time somebody tells me they're writing me a fucking part, I don't get to play it. And I almost didn't get to play that part because my blood pressure was so high they couldn't insure me. So I became vegan, and my blood pressure went down, and I could quit taking the medicine, and I have no problem getting insured now. There you so, go. Uh, strangely yeah. enough, Quentin Tarantino had played a big part in saving my fucking life. I was about to say that. Quentin Tarantino saved your life. There you go. <laughs> and the big 70 yeah, next week. But that, does, that doesn't mean I'll, put, I'll be in the country bears... <laughs> oh my god, that's the funniest fucking idea. Ever. We've literally turned it. this from a lost interview to the Country Bears retrospective. <laughs> I know. People are going to tune in for lost. They're going to say, this fucking guy was such an asshole. They couldn't get him to talk about lost. All they want to talk about is Country Bears. <laughs> what the fuck? You know what? And then, listen, if they sat all the way through lost, they could certainly sit through this fucking interview. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's, oh, that, sure that's, that's our logging. slogan. That's actually our slogan, MC. I'm glad you've looked up the show. Um, <laughs> if you can make it through oh, Lost, you can make it through this I, shit. I want, I, I want you guys to let me know when this is going to play. I've never, I've never, I've really, it's really hard for me to ever find podcasts because it's quite truthfully, it's hard for me to find any fucking thing. Yeah. You know? But uh, uh, I'm still trying to figure out how to use my cell phone. <laughs> I, and I can't, I don't know how to text on the phone or, or email on any of that bullshit. I've never sent any emails. But I really wish you'd send me one because I know oh, how yeah. to read them. And tell me when this is going to play. I would, I'm dying to hear this and see you guys' faces because uh, you, you're some funny fucking guys, man. You we guys, will, we will you're a lot of fun to it. talk to. Yeah, for sure. When we're in LA next, uh, we'll be sure to uh, shoot you a message and uh, we, can grab a, we can grab a beer together and uh, right. we can role play Tom Friendly. Now, you have my. Country you have my uh, <laughs> you have my email address, right? Uh, I've got yeah. your manager's email address. <laughs> well, I, I will give you mine. I would give you mine, but I don't want everybody to ever hear. No, we'll, we'll, do that, we'll do that. We'll do that off air, MC. It. It's like we'll just wait till I've hit the stop button. All uh, right, we'll do that off air. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All those that. country bears fans will be emailing you nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> 
country bears and man i'll tell you what they'll be wanting to know what's willie like when you're watching the country bears later <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't get me yeah. started on willie we're nelson gonna, there's a we're gonna jo- We'll be joining you, Willie Nelson, in LA watching the Country Bears and maybe smoking a little stuff. How about that? <laughs> We'd be smoking Willie's Reserve. He's got his own brand they sell in the League of States called Willie's Reserve. Wow. Willie's Reserve. You start sounding like one of the Country Bears, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I feel I feel MC You don't know what I'm saying Because you don't know What the country bears sound like No I'm, I'm just I'm dying to watch this film now Like you have no idea How much I want to watch The country yeah. bears We're watching that tonight I'll tell, you, I'll tell you how weird it is The bears They're not just people In bear suits They're people who are Specialists at acting like bears They know how to be bears <laughs> That's a thing They know how to move like bears and of, How do I get that job Instead of just having a rubber head, a bear's head over, they have a computerized head that has like 19 <laughs> motors around each eye, and there's a whole team of the Henson people sitting on the side. Each bear has a team of people controlling the face motions. I'm telling you, when you're acting with these fucking bears, it's like it's better than acting with William Shatner. I'm telling you, you act with Shatner, you get nothing back. You look at his eyes, it's an empty dinner dish in there, fellas. It's an empty dinner dish. You act with the country bears. They're giving you something, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the country bears Lord. are better than William Shatner. Yes. Heard it here first. Yes. Um, MC, I feel like I, I really want you to kind of bring Kim up here. I want to say hello to Kim, if that's okay, before we let you go, because I want to be able to uh, thank her for being kind of your uh, encyclopedia that helped you out. You, you asked for it. You asked for it. Here's the maniac that married me. <laughs> Oh, I can't. I'll, I'll get stage fright, even though I, I can't even see you. Nah, it's all right. Yeah, you get stage fright. Right. She's too a good former, looking a Australian. Former Arkansas lawyer. <laughs> former oh, Arkansas boyer. lawyer and Uh-oh. flight attendant. American I wasn't Airlines there. I didn't flight. do it. <laughs> did, did you say lawyer? Hang on. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. What? Hi, Kim. I will say hi. Hello. <laughs> G'day. Hey, Kim. It's been fun listening to you guys. Well, thank you. It's been fun. Oh, it's been a pleasure Lee hearing you in the background. <laughs> well, I'd like to say hi to Lee, Lee Wanell. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, again, well, he's, he's just a few blocks down from me, so I'll, um, I'll when I drop around some sugar later on, I'll be sure to make sure that you, you said that. <laughs> he'll tell you. He'll tell you how much fun Mrs. Ganey and I are because we had a ball in fucking Shreveport, Louisiana, <laughs> doing this ridiculous fucking movie. But we had so much fun; it was a blast. Good to hear. Good to hear. And just before I let you go, then MC, uh, any upcoming projects, any upcoming films or TV shows that you want to give a bit of a plug for here for our listeners? To let you know what they can see you in. You know what? You know what? All you have to do is Google me and look, and you'll see what is. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Boogeyman Pop is good. I've got like five movies right now that are all desperately out there trying to find a way to get in the theaters. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to get in the theaters now in this country because it's all Star Wars, Transformers, you know, it's all that uh, low-budget uh, pictures. But uh, yeah, yeah, Google me. That's a good thing about IMDB, the Internet Movie Database. You can, that's how I keep up with my friends. Yes. I see where the fuck they are, man. Yes, it's a godsend for oh, podcast yeah, hosts. Like, <laughs> yeah, doing good sixteen episodes, and uh, so I'm trying to do. I'm trying to. I'm trying to do more family friendly fairs these days. Okay, <laughs> I just. <laughs> I just uh, I'm, I'm looking too. for family friendly stuff. 
But I, I do have a crazy friend named Mike Kelleher, who nobody ever's heard of now, but they're going to because he's doing a horror movie that's going to scare the living shit out of Lee Winnell, baby. And, <laughs> so uh, you'll see it. It's called Samhain. It's at the top of uh, top of my uh, IMDb. But uh, I'm still smoking along, baby. I'm having a good time working and having a fucking ball, man. That's what we like to hear. That's that's what we always like to hear, MC. And I can say, uh, on behalf of myself, and I'm sure Noel will say it in just a second too, this has clearly been so much fun, mate. It really has been good to be able to not only just talk about loss, but country bears. Um, that's the highlight of this interview, yeah. let's be honest. Uh, and obviously... Well, let me, say, well. let me tell you, you guys are a blast. And as the country bears say in Hawaii, Aloha, motherfuckers. And a massive pleasure to speak to MC there. A lot of fun, as you heard, and uh, definitely plenty to discuss there with him and uh, turn into pretty much the Country Bears retrospective rather than Lost. So uh, thanks, MC, and thanks to his management for also arranging that. We'll have more Lost actors coming your way as well. We've got plenty lined up. Andrea Gabriel, who played Nadi on the show, will be our next one for our Lost fans. And uh, outside of Lost, of course, Nip Tuck and Third Watch interviews as well happening. So uh, stay tuned across the uh, the website, the social media channels, and uh, you'll see which actors we do have coming your way. And of course, we're very excited to be able to bring them to you, of course, along the way as well. In the meantime, like us on our social media pages, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, as well as uh, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, to subscribe to the content as best as you can. In the meantime, thanks again to MC. Thanks to Noel for joining us there as well. My name is Ben. This has been the Oz Network. We'll speak to you next time. Good night. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net. 